I would like you to, if I may. You guys, not I would like to, if I may, to. I would like, if I may, to take you. No, just keep uh, recording. Let, let it go. Yeah. Send me outtakes. This is hilarious. <laughs> All right. Okay. We're so okay. retarded. Okay. Yeah. Fucking stupid. I, we're not retarded. Dean's retarded. What are okay. you talking about? Last time it was your fault. <laughs> I would like, if I may. All right. Okay. Okay. To take you. Okay, here I, we go. All right. Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. I'm being joined by, once again, Adin. How are you, my man? I'm doing good. Hung over <laughs> and ready to keep going. <laughs> As you can tell from the intro there, uh, <laughs> sort of the drop at the beginning, there were a number of people hanging at your, your house just uh, minutes ago, or maybe they're just still there locked in a closet. So we're going to try to deliver a decent show regardless. September 22nd, and we have a fantastic show for you this week. Okay, so I've got a, I've got some news. You ready, Adine? I am ready. I've been teasing it for a long time, and I never actually told anyone until now, and that's because I'm going to be recording it earlier than I normally record these shows. But, the greater magic episode. I'm being joined by Magister Nemo. The one and only. He put out some amazing uh, publications. Uh, He's a gentleman who understands the complexities of greater magic like no other, and I'm very, very excited that he's agreed to come on the show and speak to that issue. Now, it is going to be, as I've discussed, it's not the cut-and-dry stuff you're going to find in the Satanic Bible. We're going to be talking about some fringe topics, and it's going to be fucking amazing. So if you want to be a part of the show, send your questions to info at 9centspodcast.com. This is the last week that you are going to be able to send in your questions. If I do not receive anything from you by Sunday, you will not get into this episode. And believe me, this is one you do not want to miss. So if you want to be a part of history, let's do it, people. Uh, I was very excited. Um, you're familiar with Master Nemo, right? Nadine? I love his book. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, right? And and he's actually in the process of putting together another book and obviously he has, you know, a lot of other things going on in his life and so it's it's a very rare treat that I'm able to have him on and I'm very very excited for it. And that's why I want to make sure that the uh preparation for this show is going to be spot on and that the content of the show is going to be spot on. It's going to be worth everyone's time, especially his. Um it's going to be one for the books, people, so let, let's let's make sure that you're a part of this. And if not, well, whatever. Exactly. I'm going to send in some questions. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, you know, it's going to be a great show anyway, so just tune in and listen. Um, but today is the Autumn Equinox. Do you do anything special for the solstices and the equinoxes? If I remember to, I do. 
<laughs> it is a little um, rough because they shift slightly every year, but yeah, it's Dar- uh, Darren is the one who told me over breakfast. He goes, "Oh, happy equinox!" I'm like, "Is it?" Oh God! <laughs> He's like, "Well, yeah, we already celebrated last night." I'm like, "That we did. All right, holiday celebrated." <laughs> Off the to-do list. Check mark. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, it, it's rare that I ever do anything special, but I always do take a moment and just sort of uh, reflect for a moment. It, it's tough when you have a family life that's uh, not always in line with everything you think, and of course, any family life you know, never is. So you know, my kids are doing their thing, and my wife is doing her thing, and so it's—I don't know—for me. It's always important to take little moments, you know, I mean, you may not be able to perform a ritual all the time. You may not be able to, you know, make a big to do about anything all the time, but you take moments and you just reflect. Um, I mean, what, for us here, the weather has been spectacular. I mean, fall is a hundred percent here. You can just smell it. It's amazing. How's it out there? Uh, perfect. It's been in the, 40s and 50s at night, the highest. Damn. We had one day where it hit 90 uh, one week, uh, or last week. and uh, But every other day was 75 tops. But, you know, it, summer had to give us one more kick in the ass. <laughs> but um, it, I, I usually do something depending on the season. Like in winter, if I don't have a ceremony, if I don't have time for a ceremony, I like to take a walk at night because the snow glows in, in moonlight. And I think it's yeah. beautiful. Um Fall, you know, I'll put some whiskey and some hot cider. Or if I don't feel like drinking, I'll uh, just do some hot cider and sit in my garden. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I love it. Fall is, it's, it smells great out here. You can just smell everything rotting off the trees. And it's a great thing. <laughs> I, um, I, it is weird because it sounds like it would be a bad thing, but it's actually really nice. Oh, yeah. Things rotting in the air. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, but no, I, I celebrated. You know, I went to medieval times with a bunch of friends, and I, I got laid by a Fox News Jew. So, oh my gosh! I, I uh, while drinking Oktoberfest. So I did celebrate. All right. Well, cheers to you. <laughs> oh wow! I just went hiking, and that was that was yours. Sounds so much better than mine. No hiking, man. I'm jealous. I wish I could go hiking. I miss I miss nature so much. It's nice. I like I like the city, but I couldn't live here forever. I couldn't. I'll, I'll kill someone. <laughs> That's why I like where I live. I mean, it's not city like you know city. I mean, there's you know Salt Lake is nowhere near Jersey, but for 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 what it is, it's nice to be able to get into an urban environment. But 15 minutes away, you're in total isolation. That's that's why I love staying here, and that, and just being able to get out into the mountain and and just know for a fact that no one is within a mile of you, and it's just you and whoever you're with, and the sky and the fucking earth, and it's amazing. Um, that's that's mm-hmm. kind of what keeps me going. Uh, but yeah, that's what I did this weekend. It was it was really great. Um, yeah. I, have you ever heard of the? And this is something kind of un- well, completely unrelated. Have you ever heard of the series Derek? It sounds familiar, but no, I, I guess I haven't. I had never heard of it before. Uh, I was just flipping through Netflix. It's Ricky Gervais, and he's. Uh, it may be his attempt at trying to do like a serious comedy something, but it's definitely something different. But there, mm-hmm. like the show itself is really, it's is a traditional British 
type show where it's not really the best production value. Uh, the humor is very British when there's humor, uh, but it's also kind of a drama. And it, it's the only reason why I turned it in, tuned into it was because I like Ricky Gervais. But like it, it was something completely different. I, I don't know why I kept watch, kept watching it until the entire season was over. But I did. I sort of marathon watched it with my wife, and I don't know. I, I, it's it's weird because I've never watched a show where I didn't enjoy it, but I still kept watching it because there was something that kept drawing me in. And then the very last episode, spoiler alert here, people, <laughs> if you haven't watched it, or if you have no interest in watching it, there was this this scene between this character, Derek, who's sort of a mentally challenged person, uh, played by Ricky Gervais, uh, and his absentee father that completely threw me for a fucking loop. Like, this, it was, like, not even through the whole scene, and I had to, like, leave the room because I was completely overcome with emotion. Like, it, it was, I've never experienced that before in a show, and I... Like, my wife was watching it and my daughter was watching it. I didn't want them to see what I was about to do, but I completely broke down. And I hadn't, like, it was weird. You know, every once in a while in life, you run into these weird moments where uh, completely seemingly unrelated to anything else in your life just ring a chord within you. Uh, and for this, obviously, it was the father. Like, my, my dad and my mom split up when I was a little kid, and so I had all these sort of father issues, apparently, that I thought were resolved, but uh, obviously aren't. And as soon as that scene kicked in, man, I lost my shit. And it was weird, because I, I, that's never happened to me before. Like, I, I'm always pretty good about, you know, controlling myself or whatever, but it was weird. Have you ever had a moment like that? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you're going to laugh. You're going to laugh. The Labyrinth. What? The Labyrinth. And I always, when I was a kid, I would cry. Now I get really pissed off. But um, The Labyrinth made me fall my eyes out. Why? Because Sarah rejected a man who gave her everything. My oh. whole romantic philosophy is based on their, rela their relationship in that movie. It's so sad. <laughs> Holy shit. But, um... What is it? There's, um, there's, yeah, no, there's a few movies that it's just, oh, you know, I did it also. Moulin Rouge. Really? I'll never, I'll never forget my ex-boyfriend for it. <laughs> because I, I, I like show. you, I pride myself on, I avoided it because I'm like, oh, it looks like another dumb love story type thing. But I watch, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> no, it's not. This movie's brilliant. It's closer to a fairy tale than a stupid love story. <laughs> um, but my ex made me watch it. He's like, you're too cold and whatnot. You, and you see me halfway through, uh, three quarters of the way through that movie, I'm bawling my <laughs> fucking eyes out. And my ex, as we're laying in bed, he just looks at me and goes, are you crying? I'm like, no. I'm not crying. <laughs> He's like, did I get a Dean to cry? I'm like, no, you did. <laughs> I'm not crying. <laughs> It was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, but it, it happens. It, it has, some, something catches you off guard that you didn't think. It's um, anything that's really passionate and sincere just gets me to my core. Yeah. So yeah. It, I'm like, oh, they really meant it. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> oh, I love that. 
No, I, I totally dig that. I I know there, there's a big sort of, you know, macho element to guys. And, and in a way, you can argue socially we're, we're taught to be that way. Uh, I do love being able to uh, just, you know, understand why I feel things that I feel and, and be able to express them. I think it's an important part of being a human being. So it's nice when I meet someone else who, who is comfortable with it as well. Yeah, it's um, it's I just don't like cry babies. It's yeah, uh, you know, like when people com- when girls mostly complain about their boyfriends, he's so cold. He's so cold to me. I never see any emotions. Like, what have you done to earn it besides spread your legs? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, well, he's a man. Yeah, it's your. <laughs> is the cat gonna roll on his back and let you scratch his belly unless he trusts you? Men are the same way. Um, you know my. My bromances, the men I bromances with, they've cried in front of me, but it's, you know, it took years to get to that point where I could, you know, give the guy a hug, and I'm like, it's cool, dude. You're all right. <laughs> I, I get it. You know, it happens. Men cry. It's just you got to trust. Yeah. And, and they got to feel comfortable in that environment. Yeah. I mean, for men, you know, emotion, emotions are privileged because they're weaknesses. And it sounds bad to say, but it's true, especially for a man. Emotions are weakness because as soon as you care, you're attached, and yeah. it um, it, it, you know, in tribal days that could get you killed. It can still get you killed. Destroy, um, yeah. It can get you completely destroyed financially, and I mean, look how many men lose everything after their wife leaves them. Yeah. Because you know she hires a vicious cunt of a lawyer. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah I've actually, I've, I've helped some of my friends through divorces, and it's they completely change. Like, they're just a wreck. It's a completely different experience. Yeah. All right, well, on to brighter news, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> I just had that weird experience. I thought, you know, see if see if you could uh, connect. I'm super excited that you could. Um, okay, so into this episode here, we're going to be talking in The Devil's Advocate about professional stratification. Now, this was uh, a request I got from a phone call. They called into the... Uh, sort of Google answering machine I have going on. And again, you can just go to the website, contact me page, and you can get that number, leave me a bumper from the beginning, like these amazing people did uh, in this episode. And I've actually got a number of you who have sent in those bumpers, and thank you very much. Those are fantastic. I even got a King of the Hill one, which is pretty fun. Uh, nice. <laughs> I'm going to be airing here in the next coming weeks. But um, yeah, if you want to leave me one, Go ahead and call that number. But if you also want to just recommend a subject like this gentleman did, you can uh, call that number and let me know what you would like me to talk about. Um, This show is not just for me. It's also obviously for the audience, you, and I want you to be a part of it. So uh, thank you for sending in this request for the professional stratification. Um, It's, uh, you know, I I think you and I, Adine, are going to be able to talk about it uh, pretty comfortably. I know a lot of people who, whenever you're talking about topics like uh, stratification or um, solipsism, they, they get really timid because there's this, I don't know, I think, I think people, people understand these concepts, but they feel like they have it wrong or they don't want to look stupid by, I don't know, expressing it differently or something. And I don't know. I, I just, you know, whenever I, I hear people talking about these subjects, it's always sort of like uh, mysteriously, there's no just out and out with it. Uh, and so we're going to give you a little out and out with stratification. Um, 
And also, Agent Provocateur, it was not available last week. Uncontrollable circumstances took hold, but this week, fingers crossed, people, you might be treated to an amazing episode by Darren. So let's hope for that. And uh, militant eroticism, obviously. Adina's in the house, so we're going to be talking about what? Oh, my favorite <laughs> rant. One of them. Um, monogamy, polyamory, uh, the different kinds of romantic relationships you can have, their definitions, and uh, how everybody gets it wrong, and how stu- uh, stupid most people are when it comes to this. Yeah, I want a monogamous relationship. Do you know what that <laughs> entails? What most people do is serial monogamy, but I'll save it, but I'll save it for the show. Um, it's right. it's a big, it really just fucking pisses me off. I've only met three or four actual monogamous couples. Everybody else is just full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Liars! <laughs> yeah, know what you want and stick to it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Already angry. All right, well, let's go ahead and dive into the Devil's Advocate so we can get on into militant eroticism. All right. In nomine de nostris, Thomas Luciferus, in the name of Satan, the ruler of the earth, the king. Though I am an active member, I do not speak for the Church of Satan. Professional stratification. All right. So first and foremost, let's give a little bit of a definition here. Um, the concept of stratification was in relation to Satanism, was brought up by Anton LaVey in um, Pentagonal Revisionism, and it was the first point, and that is the point on which all others ultimately rest. There can be no more myth of equality for all. It only translates to mediocrity and supports the weak at the expense of the strong. Water must be allowed to seek its own level without interference from apologists for incompetence. No one should be protected from the effects of his own stupidity. So this is a concept that's really to the core of what Satanism is. And whenever uh, I first read, I can't remember when, um, that first uh, note that I just read about stratification, um, it sort of, in an offhanded way, described what stratification was. It never really directly attacked it. Um, And so according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, it is the state of being divided into social classes. But I would say that Satanists take it a little bit further than social classes. We take it, uh, you could argue, uh, social, um, economic, uh, emotional, uh, sexual. I mean, this is a very much uh, an individualist uh, differentiating uh, system. But the core concept is separating you from those that you do not want to be associated with. Uh, You could argue meritocracy is based on that, where um, those who value what you are doing hold you on their shoulders and allow you to rise to the top through support of your work or your um, uh, the passions, your hobbies, whatever it is. Um, So for you, Adin, how have you employed stratification in your life? Um, well, lately, and you know what? I'm so predictable. So lately, <laughs> with sex and romance, <laughs> um, it's, it's, I have, I, I'm seeing a few guys and I categorize them between fuck buddies and friends with benefits and, um, someone I would say that I'm dating. So my favorite, who I would say, uh, I guess I'm kind of dating is, 
this really chill, laid back guy named Marvin. And we we go to movies, we go out to dinner, we hang out, he'll spend the night, we'll watch Archer all night. Yeah. And yeah, I love Archer. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he'll call me and go, Danger Zone! Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, we'll, we'll sleep together and then he'll get up the next day, we'll have breakfast and he'll go back home. Um, and then I have, you know, a guy that I only, we only call each other when like, Hey, what are you doing? You want to fuck? Yeah, sure. I'll be over there in 20 minutes. Um, you know, and we'll make some small talk. We'll have a few drinks and then we do it and then we take turns taking a shower and we go our separate ways. Um, so I stratify people ba- uh, based on, you know, common interests. Do we get along? What kind of things do we like to do together? Um, and that's how I stratify. Same thing with uh, with friends. What Darren and I always talk about is physical stratification. You know, like a 10. Like, that girl is a 10. I would fuck that girl. Anyone would. She's just incredibly sexy. You know, a 10 is like, wow. <laughs> you can't deny that. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's all you know, other category, other things where it becomes more and more subjective as you go down. Um, and then, you know, of course, at work, it's I'm a lot meaner to the people I don't like. And I always respect, at least uh, verbally, yeah. <laughs> my bosses. It's just in my interest. They're like, well, they're above me. They, The company considers them better qualified, so I must give him uh, respect and courtesy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at uh, least at the base level, absolutely. Yeah, at least at the base level. Then behind their back, my God, that guy's a <laughs> why am i doing his job bastard you paid 30k more than me and i'm doing your job the same right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um stratification is a very loose not a very loose concept it's a descriptive term you can apply it almost anywhere uh, you can apply it to economics that uh laissez-faire capitalism you could say is strat- take stratification to a component um i be- um i think aristocracies are good systems um, kind of like the government suggested in the book starship troopers don't think of the movie read the book it's an awesome book written by a military general about the perfect government uh, nice. from his point of view and they have an aristocracy that's based on merit mm-hmm. and trade um, so you can apply stratification almost anywhere uh, but the the core you were right the core concept is we're not equal, and we got dis- and an individual must decide who is on his level on um, on one scale, and then for a global scale, it's nature decides who's higher on the totem pole. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it's it's really interesting because there's whenever I personally have ever talked about stratification or or uh, thought about it or heard it, I've never heard it on a a really micro level of, of distinguishing between qualities of individual relationships. I've always thought of it in, in a broader context of um, uh, groups of humans. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, I, I think it is very interesting and, and really important to understand that it, it's one of those concepts that can be applied at any level of relationship. And to the context of the listener's request, you know, professional stratification in that rather than working with people that uh, he wants to associate or doesn't want to associate with rather than um, 
going to the exercise of practicing lesser magic, like you just met, uh, mentioned, in convincing those that you really don't like, but because of their position, you convince them that you do at least respect them. Um, rather than going through that exercise, he has chosen to start his own business. And it's an idea that I think resonates with a lot of Satanists in that we realize that there are necessities in life. Um, one, we, we share this planet with people that really don't deserve to be on it, to be honest. I mean, you know, we are the dramatic minority on this planet. So it's a reality that we are forced to face. Uh, lest we just become hermits. And that's not to say there's anything wrong with that, because we know a lot of Satanists who are uh, virtual hermits. But oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the point stands is that if you don't, if you can't practice a little bit of lesser magic in your life, you're going to be forcing yourself uh, to live stratified from everyone else. And that's to separate yourself from those around you. Now, I've got actually gotten some some letters from some people who have had um, issue with. Um, I'm sort of tiptoeing because I don't want to out anyone with specifics. They, you know, they have to be quiet about who and what they are—a Satanist a business woman in this case, where they work with a lot of Christians. They live in a Christian dominant area, um, but they're happy where they are. And so they don't want to move. And so they, they're forced into this bit of secrecy. And this is something that a lot of us as Satanists have to deal with, but it is that concept of stratification that you can apply it at a macro, I'm sorry, at a micro level that allows you to be open about who and what you are in your own personal environment, in your own trusted circle of friends. Um, just being a discerning individual about who you associate with is, is really important. But when it does come to a professional side, you're going to be forced because like I said a second ago, we are an extreme minority of people, which is a good thing. Um, it means you're going to be forced to work with people that you detest, or you're going to have to have people patronize your business that you absolutely detest on the individual level. But they are paying your bills by patronizing you. They're, they're allowing you to continue that lifestyle. So there's I'm almost... Really what's that? I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. I was just saying that, you know, at, at some level, we are pragmatic uh, stratificationists. <laughs> I don't even know if you can even say that. The fact is that we're going to have to do a little bit of give and take in life. And, and as far as stratification goes, you know, in the context of pentagonal revisionism, that's the ideal. But until we're more than the extreme minority, it's not a reality. And because we're Satanists, we're realists. And, and it's something that we're going to have to accept. So our goal is to stratify our lives as much as possible, but not for the sake of personal happiness, success, and individual goal achievement. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're one of these individuals out there who starts his own business because he wants to be separated from the herd that he tests so much. Understand that you may not be a successful individual because you are literally cutting yourself out from the large profit margin on this planet. Um, I, I respect... Think, what's that? Uh, I, I don't think it's an either-or thing. I mean, you... I, w I wish I had the kind of mind to run my own business. Um, 
specifically for the reason this uh, individual cited. It's I don't want to deal with these people. Most of the people I work with, I don't respect. If I run my own business, I get to choose who I do business with. Um, I can't choose my customers. Well, I could, but it's it's a lot different than here's your thing. Here, um, give me your money and go away. Yeah. And not don't phrase it that way, of course. But yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's it's. I mean, they're not they're not really even even the woman you described. She's not forced to live there. She's not forced to deal with anybody. It's a it's a choice. Uh, yeah. We're we're not forced to keep our identity of Satanists a secret. It's it's got to rate, um, weigh the pros and cons. I'm out about my religion everywhere except at work. They know I'm a bit odd, <laughs> <laughs> and I think my bosses think I'm pagan because a few times where there's been parties on solstices or equinoxes, I claim it's a religious holiday and I take it off. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> nice. they can't ask me what my religion is. So it's yeah. So they don't know what the hell is going on. Um, but if you're running your own business, I can choose people that I respect, and I wish more businessmen did it. Um, because I love the concept of laissez-faire capitalism, but it just seems most people aren't responsible and smart enough for that kind of a system to be practical. Um, what is choose- interesting? I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt. You. You bring up a point that I wanted to touch on, if we could, uh, for a second. Yeah. I mean, if if we're a business owner and we want to stratify who we allow to uh, patronize our business, we actually can't do that for the majority because our government tells us we can. And that's a problem, right? Yep. And, and it's weird because on 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 one side of it, if you are the minority being discriminated against, you're angry. But doesn't that wouldn't that make you not want to be a, like go and, and and patronize that business? Thank you. <laughs> right? I mean, wouldn't I it, it seems like we don't problem. take that. No, we don't. It's it's so stupid. I have the right to eat at that diner. No, you don't. You're a negro. Go that way. So st- I lo- that's why I loved Malcolm X so much. He's like, "No, they don't want us there. Fine. We'll build our own communities. We'll have our own stores. We have our own um, churches, we have our own everything, and we don't have to let them in. And I love it. I, uh, gay people did that for the longest time until they got, they, they caught the civil rights disease. <laughs> and I'm a victim. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, you're a victim because you bent over and took it from the cops as well as the man in the bathroom. You know, just, <laughs> for the love of God, there, need, there should have been more Stonewall riots and San Francisco riots where they burned down for city blocks. Yeah, that's that's the kind of shit you need. Um, but uh, I never had a problem that I was fired in Michigan for being gay. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm your head waiter. You find out I'm gay and you don't want me here anymore. That's fine. I'll go somewhere else. And I did. Um, I don't like that at my company they can't fire me. They cannot fire me for things that they may or may not like. It's not it's not fair. Um, Business owners are have special laws applied to them, and that's wrong because equality under the law. <laughs> it is interesting because, because I mean, it comes down to this core concept, specifically with America, where everyone argues th- this one little statement that you know every man is created equal. When e- the statement itself is absurd, and and, and it's not and, to say that sexual preference or ethnic background is the um, 
the thing that makes you equal or not. It's just to say that all men are not fucking created equal, and we should be able to, to discern who and what. We will. We should be able to stratify as a professional who is a part of our business and who is not. And it's weird that we live in a world where we're we're trying to go against as a collective uh, culture against this idea of uh, stratification and. I mean, if you're a Satanist and, and you're really into PC and you're really wanting everyone to just sort of hold hands, I question, are you a Satanist at all? Because it flies in no, the face of every <laughs> single thing we stand for. And that is that the individual rules, the individual preferences is what should dominate the individual's life. Outside of that, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you upset a mother because you don't want her to come in your shop because her her kid is I'm, I'm creating a totally wild like situation here. Her kid is a handicapped, and you don't want to have to install a ramp on your business because she's literally the only person in the last month that's ever even tried to bring her kid up that the stairs with its wheelchair. And you're just like, I don't want to fucking have you here because I don't want to have to pay for that. That's your fucking business, and it's your right to refuse business. I don't understand why we. We try to have the society, collectively, not individually, where everyone is forced to like everyone else. What? It doesn't it's, make it's sense. Total, it's, it, 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 it's completely ridiculous. It's a mix of Harrison Bergeron, which is an awesome short story if anyone's not read it. It is brilliant. Um, Kevin Slaughter posted... Uh, there's there The best... Re um movie based on that is an internet movie um and it's you can only watch it online just type in Harrison Bergeron and it's like 20 minutes long cuz it's, it's true to the book but anyway it's a mix of Harrison Bergeron um and nope lost it lost the other one where everyone's forced to like each other Harrison Bergeron is everybody's forced to be equal they reinterpret the constitution so if you're beautiful you have to wear a mask if you're smart, you get an ear thing. You get a, some, a mechanism put on your ear that gives you this really loud noise every time you have a complex thought. <laughs> Everyone gets C's in school. Dancers have to wear weights. Athletes have to wear weights. And everybody truly is equal. Damn. Nice, isn't it? No, it's depressing. <laughs> so it's a, I know. But that's that's the that's. If you look at a society and you say these values are what's promoted, then it would stand to reason I could form some kind of argument that if A, B, and C are true, then D, E, and F will happen. Mm -hmm. um, maybe not to the extreme of Harrison Bergeron. Maybe it will turn out more like Escape from L.A. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. <laughs> uh, it is um, an interesting point, though. I mean, it, it, the idea that if we continue in, in in the cultural norms that we're perpetuating as a society, I mean, where will we end up? And it's it's certainly not a satanic environment. It's weird because I I do run across Satanists from time to time that really champion the idea of, of fairness in all things. And on its face, if you don't think about it, as with anything, it makes perfect sense. But the second you start dissecting it and realizing this is not in uh, harmony with Satanism in any way. It, the individual is lost in this type of a society. Why the hell are you fighting for it? And how can you... Yeah, it's one thing to be fair. 
Yeah. Uh, it's one thing to be fair in your pri- uh, your business relationships and your private relationships as it's as it stands for a personal ethic, but by force, it's ridiculous. Force yeah. is a terrible thing. Well, I, I mean, I think we've we've covered all the, the bases here on stratification, but if you have any questions, please go read uh, Pentagonal Revisionism. It's a five-point program of making the world a better satanic place, and that does not necessarily mean better for everyone, but certainly for us satanists. Um, mm-hmm. It's worth it. It's worth the read. And it's actually free online if you just go to churchofsatan.com. Uh, you can't beat that. All right, let's go ahead and dive on into the Agent Provocateur, and after that, militant eroticism. I'm excited for I am not a liberal nor a conservative. I am not a Democrat nor a Republican. I am not a socialist nor a capitalist. I am not an authoritarian and I'm definitely not fighting for your cause. I belong to no party, I support no politicians, I am loyal to no state, and your cause celebra means nothing to me. I am Darren Deicide, Agent Provocateur. Welcome to another edition of Agent Provocateur! Thank you all for tuning in. As usual, all right, I have to apologize to Adam and everyone. I brain farted in my mental calendar. I didn't notice that the first of the month was a Sunday. As you can tell, I don't collect welfare. So, this is coming to you a week late. Better late than never. It's shorter anyway, so it shouldn't mess with the rhythm of the show too much. My apologies again, and thank you for listening to my transmissions from down here in the snake's den of the barracks. My wonderful abode. Those of you who follow me probably weren't surprised by the news since the last time we talked. Darren, do you mean the negotiations around Syria? No. Darren, do you mean the budget talks in Congress? No. I'm talking about Hannah Montana. That's right, folks. Hannah Montana. These herd phenomenons sometimes leave me speechless, and when I was doing the Agent Provocateur column in the Aquarian Weekly, there were times when I could only express myself in soliloquy or ode. It's just sort of a way of dealing with the fact that there is absolutely no constructive way to address something. So while my knee-jerk reaction is to scream, WHAT THE FUCK? in an extended diatribe, I'm going to funnel my reaction to something a bit more constructive this time, a throwback to the column. And it'll it'll be poetic even, perhaps. Here's a little something I wrote to express some thoughts and feelings on the matter. This is called Ode to Wagging the Twerk. Sometimes you have to wag the twerk. Fixate on this. On the brink of war, posturing and pleading, saber-rattling and bleeding, the shadows of Al-Shifa are receding as Hannah Montana shows everyone how she twerks. Monica Lewinsky, we need you now to show General Electric, Disney, and Westinghouse how to wag the twerk. Fixate on this. The butt cheeks that bounce up and down like super bounce balls. A god's innocence lost and the masses wept, for their God is the highest above all reality. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in Miley, believe also in me. 
fixate on this. America's artful little dodgers, the Mujahideen, the FSA, and whoever else might be temporarily interested with the Oliver Twist being a pickpocket blowback throwback, if you can see the marquee that reads, Welcome to the Distraction. Fixate on this. Is history repeating? Could it be possible to forget that quickly? Or did we throw Colin Powell away from Miley Cyrus? Did we throw Husseins away for Assad's? UNs for VMAs? Chemicals for chemicals? Dictators for dictators? Al-Qaeda's for al-Nusers? And 9-11's for... Fixate on this! Is Miley Cyrus wearing underwear today? What did the Kardashians eat? Who is Brad Pitt dating now? Who is that girl holding Justin Bieber's hand? What is Jennifer Aniston wearing? Which star is having a makeover? Who's having a baby? Who was at that party? Who's getting married? What were they wearing? Where are they now? Did you hear that rumor? What's the inside story? Who am I? What am I? am I doing? Fixate on this. Larry Flint, where are you now? To offer rewards for those who know how. To wag the twerk better than ever. Trying desperately to make that point wherever. Because hypocrisy knows no bounds. It simply makes the rounds. In this game of who's on first, a bewildered herd can be easily dispersed until they don't know who is in charge and the issues become too large just Flag its work. Fixate on this. Deny then admit. We're still weighing our options. We did not have relations with those people, says John Kerry. Perjury in the invisible court, while followers watch their gods comport. Fixate on this. It's fourth down and two yards to go to Damascus. Our team made a bad trade, but the game isn't over. The crowd puts on their rally caps. The ball snaps. Go, team, go! It's the great American show. Why does the media wag the twerk? Because the media is smarter than the twerk. If the twerk were smarter, it would wag the media. Fixate on this. What's behind the ignorant bliss? Maybe what's at work is you are cannon father while they wag the twerk. Thank you. Yes, you can snap your fingers now. Next, Agent Provocateur, we will be discussing the great American pastime, active shooting, on the next Agent Provocateur. Welcome to Militant Eroticism. Um, I'm your host, Aden Arden, and I'm going to talk about the definitions and applications of the four ultimate, uh, four ultimate romantic contracts. Monogamy, polyamory, swinging, and fuck buddies. Um, also hookups, so I guess five, but hookups aren't really a relationship, so but I'm going to talk about them. <laughs> uh, so one could say that this is the last in a series of three episodes, which could be entitled Know What You Want. So I'm going to go over these definitions and labels, but it's up to you to decide which of these, this is key, fits into your personality and values. You cannot make a natural argument for any of these things. When someone tells you monogamy, 
is the natural state of their species, punch them in the mouth. <laughs> if someone tells you that polyamory is the most natural form of relationship, kick them in the genitals. If someone says swinging is, um, what is it? What, what's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard with swinging? It's the most liberating and the most freedom-loving kind of relationship. Punch them in the throat and kick them in the genitals. These <laughs> all things are stupid. They are stupid statements. You can't make them. They're irrational. They're not based on any science. The only thing you can say is human beings, as a species, loves novelty, variety, and fucking. We really don't have a mating season. We just love screwing. Most, um, I, actually, I think all apes, except gibbons, fuck for fun, not during a mating season. Though, all of us do, including humans, though uh, we, you could make the argument we do have a mating season because our libido and our sex drive, the chemicals associated with, tend to perk up in the spring. Uh, we tend to just get a lot hornier, but we fuck all year long. So you can't, you can't say any of these are right. You can't say any of them are wrong. You can't say any of them are natural. All you can say is, you know what? I like this one. This one works for me. I have friends who are lifelong monogamous. They lost their virginity to each other and they're still, you can still see it in their eyes. They, they love each other sexually, romantic. They just, you couldn't picture them with anybody else. And it's a fantastic thing. Then there's people like me. When my friends saw me in a monogamous relationship for three years, you could tell after about a year and a half, I was ready to rape a woman. I was like, I got to do someone else. <laughs> this is, I wanted to role play all the time. I told my ex um, at, at points when he would, when he'd want to have sex, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm in the mood to get gangrened by three black guys and a Latino. I, you're not going to satisfy this. You're white and tattooed. It's You don't look like what I want right now. So I'm going to jack off for a bit until I get this urge out of me. And he also wouldn't bottom for me. So when I wanted to top, I had to watch porn and masturbate. So monogamy doesn't work for me. Uh, polyamory works for me. I like groups because I like group sex. <laughs> That and uh, loving one person just, um, to me, it's limiting. I, I would rather, I'd rather have a few partners in crime that I can also fuck. So pick the right association, because if you pick the wrong one, the, uh, it will result in hypocrisy. Whether it's abstract, like my uh, sin was when I was monogamous, it was an abstract hypocrisy. Um, but most likely it will result in cheating. I have two fuck buddies who are married and I can't respect them because they don't know what they want. Well, no, they know what they want. They want my ass, but <laughs> they're their relationships and pursue my ass without guilt. But I'm a good man. I'll give them what they want. I'm just going to judge them for it. So the negatives of these things, um, these are the most common negatives in my experience. But let's start off with the definitions. Monogamy is defined. Oh, shit. All right. Monogamy 
is defined as one partner or spouse in a lifetime at any one time. I'm sorry, or at any one time. The latter would be serial monogamy. I think serial monogamy is disgusting. It's slutting on the layaway plan. Serial monogamy would be, Adam, if I fucked you tonight, and then I fucked another man tomorrow, and then I fucked another guy the next day, that would be monogamy. I could claim to be monogamous each day. And <laughs> if each day I don't have sex, I claim monogamy. It's what I'm... So you couldn't call me a whore or a slut. That's ridiculous. That's it. It, it, de it maybe it's an improper phrase, but it devalues monogamy. Um, you cannot claim to be monogamous. Monogamous. It, it's, it's, but the the or any one time part of the definition it, it applies more or less to uh, science. When, when you're like, oh, they're, uh, they don't, this species does not have group sex. Unlike apes. All apes have group sex. Except gibbons. They're monogamous. Um, I think gibbons are one of our cousins. So <laughs> one of our cousins is retarded. Uh, <laughs> but all the other apes have gang fangs, bisexuality, one will be jacking off, watching two other apes banged the same little butt or vagina it's hilarious watching bonobos and gorillas have sex is hysterical uh but if you have had sex with more than one person in your life you cannot claim to be monogamous you cannot do it you can only claim that you are currently in a monogamous relationship um which would specifically be called sexual monogamy uh, social monogamy would be what I have with my soon-to-be roommate. Uh, marital monogamy refers to marriage. Excuse me. Genetic monogamy would be if you have only had kids with one person. And serial monogamy, you could apply to anyone who remarries or divorces. Uh, or gets remarried after a death or divorce. You could, I wouldn't, but you could. This, this conversation is more philosophically. I'm getting to a point about ethics and avoiding my disdain for you. <laughs> <laughs> Polyamory is a very loose definition. There's this ridiculous community built around it. I've gone to poly meetings, and some of the shit I've heard is people need to know and understand that love is a beautiful thing and needs to be given to more people. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I love, I love my friends. I love both my parents at the same time. And I love my little brother at the same time that I love my parents and my closest friends. And I've loved men in the past. So, even when I was in a monogamous relationship, I loved other people. So that stupid point is moot. What they mean by love, or what this stupid woman meant by love, is her pussy needs to be given to more people. Not her heart, her vagina. It's ridiculous. She makes the mistake of associating sex with love. 
a dick in my ass has nothing to do with how I feel about you. You put something you piss out of into my shit box. How do you equate this with romance? It's beyond Like, seriously. Putting a piss in a woman produces filthy little fetuses out of. This is out of. Comes out of. And bleeds out of. You're telling me that's lo- making love? You're slamming your fucking cock into a bleeding orifice that never heals. That's not making love. That's disgusting when you really think, whether butt or pussy doesn't matter. <laughs> really think about sex. It's truly a filthy and inefficient thing. It's kind of gross. <laughs> but it's so good. Um, I really have to stop myself from thoughts when I'm having because like last night on the second time around I like this is this thing was just in my mouth <laughs> and now it's my butt <laughs> and then all my all the science information starts through my head and I start losing my heart on because I think I have been so the second person in this stupid fucking self-righteous athon was, let's see, the, the woman said, the woman said love should be given to more people. Oh, another person said, people need to understand this isn't about group sex. This is, I can't help who I love or how many people I love. What? So you're emotionally shallow. You're retarded. <laughs> you, um, you, you can't choose who you love is, wow, okay. You, I was so tempted to ask the man, all right, so I'm a bug chaser and a gift giver. A bug chaser is someone who actively seeks HIV. A gift giver is someone who actively tries to give it to people. So I'm purposely, so in, I, I wanted to say to him, so let's say I'm purposefully infecting people with HIV. I smoke crack. I get into unfair business arrangements, so I'm extorting money. I lie. I, uh, I beat people. You love me? <laughs> he, would most say, he would most likely say no, which makes his point moot as well. It's not about group sex. I can't help who I love. Yes, you can. If you can't help who you love, you're emotionally shallow, and you lack... Um, critical thought, and you have no fucking integrity or sense of character. You're stupid and you should be put down, shot with a shotgun through the butt. That way you bleed out. You suffer a bit. And it hurts when you shit before you die. It's, it's, it's completely ridiculous. It is about group sex, you dumbass. It is about being able to have sex with a bunch of people, love a few of them, and not cheat on anybody. It, it is about group. Polyamory is about group sex. It is a non-monogamous relationship. There are a few ways to go about polyamory. There's the kind that I would like. It's, it, it's, it's referred to as a tribe in these polyamorous circles. Um, where it's, it becomes monogamous among the group. And you can include fuck buddies, which would kind of defeat the purpose of calling it a closed group. But 
the kind that I would like is a group, a, a few men that are my partners in crime. They're, they would be close friends. It would almost be like brothers to me. Then we also have a sexual relationship. Uh, so that, uh, you know, there's polyfidelity. There's sub, uh, polyamorous, like my neighbors are getting married in two weeks and they are the primary relationship. Then the girl has two boyfriends that are her secondary relationship. And the man has another girlfriend, which is also is secondary, meaning the primary give each other the first consideration. Before he picks up a new girl or before he plans a date, he calls his soon to be wife and says, honey, I'm going to go out with, um, this girl tonight. Do we have plans? Did you, you, know, you need me to do anything? And she'll say, no, 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 you know, it's okay. I'm out with this guy tonight. So, um, you know, I'll see you, I'll see you tomorrow. And, they, and you know, or sometimes they all get together and have group sex or they have a group dinner and they're all standing in the wedding. Um, I, one of, one of the girl's boyfriends is marrying them. So, and I love that. I, I really do love, I, I love polyamory um, philosophically more than I love monogamy. But I can't claim it's one's better than the other. Otherwise, I'm making this ridiculously broad statement. So open um, and, you know, open relationships. You know, two people, they're emotionally monogamous and they can have fuck buddies and hookups and things of that sort. And um, that falls under polyamory, but I really don't think it should. And then swinging. Swinging's fun. It's the same thing as an open relationship, except the emphasis is on no, absolutely no emotional connection with the people that you're fucking. None whatsoever. That would be treasonous. It would break the contract. But I got to keep going with that polyamorous meeting story because when it was my turn to say something silly, like, oh, why, you know, what do people misunderstand about you? What's your victimhood? What, how have people abused you in conversation? That kind of bullshit. I'm a victim because I like having three asses before me and two dicks in my ass at the same time. I'm a victim. So I said, oh, me? Well, I love black guys. I love Latino guys. I love group sex. I love tattooed white guys. And I love group sex. What I really love is to be tag-teamed and bounce back and forth like a ping-pong ball. What I love is to be spit-roasted and Eiffel-towered. And you just can't do that monogamy. I was told never to come. <laughs> Instead, I misunderstood what polyamory was about. I don't know why. I really don't. Everybody was there to pick up others. So, um... <laughs> I really think it's the other way around. So don't don't take this fucking bullshit. Um, oh, me and my girlfriend are monogamous. How long have you been together? Three weeks. Are you what? Really? <laughs> are you kidding me? Oh yeah, we're head over heels in love with each other. What? Are you, the fuck is wrong with you? So these. So that's the end of that story. But so now you have a good idea of what monogamy is. Monogamy. Is one sex part? It's not one sex partner at a time that is slutting on the layaway plan. Sure, it's describing what you did for two hours on Tuesday. <laughs> you were monogamous for two hours Tuesday night. Sure, I can't argue with that. But hopping from one relationship to another, it's not monogamy. 
you can't call me a slut for sleeping with five, six different guys and dating them when you're doing the same thing, except I'm doing it more efficiently. <laughs> you are wasting that fucking time. <laughs> Who's the real criminal here? <laughs> God damn. Monogamy, as most people practice it, is nothing more than being a whore on the layaway plan and wasting everybody's fucking time. And you're probably barebacking with more people than I have my entire life. <laughs> it's people like you that spread STDs and HIV and things I can't pronounce. <laughs> you are sick. <laughs> Polyamory, as most people practice it, is nothing more than people rationalizing. Um, it's it's nothing more than an attempt to rationalize that you cannot commit to anything. It's a love of group sex that they feel they have to moralize or excuse to get their sexual kicks with no guilt. It's the Catholic who rapes boys because he's too big of a pussy to leave the church and say he likes because he's gay. It's the same person, it's the same man who's fucking me when his wife is taking his son to school. He's a oh. pussy, a coward. It's these people. They they just, they're fucking hypocrites. And they built some kind of stupid rationalization in order to escape any crime, instead of just changing their values. Well, it's right, I married my wife, and, you know, it's right to be married to a woman and to have kids with her, and I love my wife. You love your wife, your dick was in my ass. And you just <laughs> said to me, you just said to me, I'm gonna show you how I made my son. You just said that! Oh, what the fuck? Are you telling me you love your wife? What I'm the full shenanigans on you. <laughs> <laughs> and I do love telling him that I don't respect him. Because he asks me all the time, do you respect me? No. I don't. I do not respect you in any way, shape, or form. I just like having sex. And that doesn't require respect. Well, do you respect yourself? Oh, yeah, because I'm not doing anything wrong. I didn't promise your wife shit. I didn't do a goddamn thing to her. And also, if she finds out, I believe that there, I'm listed as a girl on your phone, aren't I? <laughs> I think my name is Felicia. Oh, no. And I work with you, and I'm 63. I don't think your wife will ever find me. And if she does, I have a knife. <laughs> oh, jeez. So that's the, the most common thing for polyamory. They're trying to rationalize their bullshit excuses, which is redundant. Swinging... Most of the time, when you run into swingers, they're people who ought not be together. Now, two of my closest friends are swingers, and it's really the guy loves fucking different girls, and he wanted a wife that loved fucking different guys. Well, he got one better. He got a wife who loves fucking girls. They're a good swing couple. It's clear as day that they couldn't be, they really couldn't be with anybody else. And they love each other so much. And part of the reason why he loves his wife so much is because he, he gets off on his wife being a filthy little whore. And him 
being one too. So that, so you do find the proper monogamous, proper, excuse me, polyamorous, proper swinging, uh, proper swinging um, couples. But most of the time, they're people who ought not to be together, and they're they found a loophole in their stupidity. Or it's the woman who's just trying to save the relationship by letting her husband go off and sleep with different girls. It's like the last ditch effort. My ex did that to me. He, he, we tried to make it work, and then he wanted to open the relationship because he thought that's what would save it, and I said no. No, I don't want to open the relationship. You want monogamy? You, you fucking made your bed? We're going to lay in it together. If it's fucking me going out and fucking a boy is not going to save this. Letting your husband go out and fucking different women is not going to save your already failing relationship. You have to sit down and work on it like fucking adults, not 14-year-old horny kids. So it's they're trying to find a loophole. They want to be babysat and get away with whatever they can under supervision. It's, it's stupid. It's not right. It's... It's people who want to be monogamous but can't be monogamous and they found a loophole without admitting that they just like fucking different people. Then you come across people who only, only want fuck buddies. A relationship with no commitments. These are people, much like the serial monogamous, who are addicted to the honeymoon phase. Like that douche I described, who jumps from six-month relationship to six-month relationship to six-month relationship. And like my ex-boyfriend, they love the feeling, the new love feeling. You know, the beautiful romantic dates, the wonderful, passionate lovemaking. They don't want to work on anything. And when it comes to working on something, suddenly it's all about you compromising, not them, you. You have to change. You have to compromise. You have to be saved. I need no fucking saving. And this is what most of the time you'll come across with fuck buddies. They're incapable of a commitment. Not wanting one and being incapable are two different things. They want to have their cake and eat it too. And regularly, I applaud that kind of behavior. I can have my cake and eat it too. But you have to pick the right value system. Fuck, uh, the people who are addicted to fuck buddies just circumvent the whole thing with, uh, in a very cowardly way. And then hookups. Hookups are a step below fuck buddies. These are people who just don't want to deal with anybody, and they just want to have random sex with random people. I don't have any problem with it at all. I actually don't know why it's included on this list. Um, <laughs> um, I don't really like hookups anymore. I prefer to have some kind of rapport with the people. I mean, you know, they happen have a few drinks at the bar, see a really sexy guy. He grabs my ass. I'm like, hey, it's an invitation. Yeah. You got a condom? Good. Um, you live close to here? All right. Do I have anything to do in the morning? No. Last time you had sex? Last time you were tested? Do you have lights in your bedroom? Okay, cool. Check you out. If I don't see fucking dick or balls or ass, I'm good to go. Yeah, but you work in shower? All right, cool. I'm you have antibacterial soap. All right, cool. Go. go back to your place. Let me ride. <laughs> so these these are the different. Um, the this isn't an extensive list. If it's an extensive list, I, list I could include over twenty kinds of relationship contracts. But these are the basics. 
Know what you want. Monogamy is not the right way. It's not required to fuck. It's not required for love. Polyamory is not the only... There's this big deal going on right now. Like, now, nah, we're the most natural. Human beings grew up in tribes. And um, because uh, traditional marriage is... A lot of the symbols associated with our come from group sex with the bride. No, it doesn't. It comes from slavery of the bride and raping her. That's what it comes from. So if you really want to make that argument, God damn it, buy a woman without her permission and then get a bunch of your bros together and go family style on her ass. That's real marriage if you want to be historically accurate. God, I'm incredibly turned on with that statement. But... <laughs> So don't sit here and fucking tell me that monogamy is the right thing to do and polyamory is the natural way. I will agree that human beings are, especially women, are built to be gangbang. I will agree that with monogamy of any sort, even closed group polyamory, you do have an uphill battle. Monogamous people are the exception, not the rule. They are not common. It is very rare. And even, even when you talk to the polyamorous, uh, I'm sorry, the monogamous couples, when they masturbate, they're not always thinking about their spouse. I guarantee you they almost never think about the person they can have at any time of the day. I guarantee you there are days when they just don't want to have sex with their partner. They'd rather have sex with a pretty blonde walking down the street. But they choose to. <laughs> I guarantee you they watch porn of people that are not the person they're having sex with. <laughs> this is not the behavior of a monogamous species. Now, there, are, there, I understand if people prefer it, from, especially from a health perspective, I have to constantly worry about what I could get. But I, I'd rather take that risk. I'd rather take that risk and know the information than lock myself up with one person and be incredibly unhappy and cheat. I'd rather just accept the risk. Um, it's like driving a car. I'd rather get in a car and drive an hour and take the risk of getting into a, a car accident, then walk down the street for three hours and run the risk of getting hit by a bicyclist in Manhattan. <laughs> I'd rather die in a car wreck than die from a bicycle accident. A bicycle accident would probably be far more painful and annoying <laughs> and hysterical. So, you cannot, yeah, so, to say human beings are monogamous is stupid. To say human beings are polyamorous is ridiculous. All monogamous people can claim as, I prefer this. I prefer not to worry. I prefer to have just my wife. Now, but when they tell you, this really, oh, I've got to throw something. This really pisses me off too, though. <laughs> well, you know, I can't handle the idea of another man being inside my wife. Oh, so you're insecure. Oh, I get it. You can handle the idea of you having different women, but you can't handle the idea of another man who could possibly please your wife better. Fucking her. So you're a big pussy, pretty much. That's ridiculous. It's, that's a, it's, you're just telling me that you're insecure when you say something like that. To say you don't want another man with your wife, or no, I'm sorry, for your wife to say she doesn't want another man, and for you to say you don't want another woman. But of course the ideas go through your head like, oh, he's hot. I totally blow the shit out of that. That makes, yeah, that's fine. 
I totally had a fantasy run through my head at that moment. I <laughs> Dramatic <my> fantasy pause. <laughs> oh, I love when married people cheat because it proves me. Every This is why I love sleeping with uh, adulterous men because it's vindication. Mm-hmm. I'm vindicated. And I love when I get those emails from militant eroticism telling me all the dirty little things you do because at every email, every turn, I am 150,000% correct. (laughs) You're all sluts. You're all whores. And not many of you can be monogamous. Stop trying. Stop it. You're making an ass out of yourself. You can't do it. You want to fuck a bunch of bitches. Stop trying. Polyamorous people. Don't fucking tell me that it's about loving more people. You want a dick in your ass, a dick in your pussy, and three more in your face. <laughs> Don't tell me it's about love. It's about non-commitment. <laughs> Own up to it. You're horny, and you want your partner to be just as horny and as whorish as you. I applaud that. I'll applaud it to the day I'm rotting in the goddamn cryogenics tube. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> but fucking tell me it's because, oh, well, my husband needed it. So you're trying to save the relationship. How often does your husband spend with these other girls? How often is your husband at the swinging clubs? And why aren't you there with him having some fucking fun? I don't want to. You know, it's just for him. I love him. And, you know, I don't want him to cheat on me. And I want to keep him. What? But you want monogamy. He does not. Then why the fuck are you with them? Love is not a good reason for a relationship. It is one of the worst reasons to get into a relationship. One of the worst. Fucking is a better reason to get in a relationship than love. (sighs) Hold on. I think I'm a little bit ranted out. (laughs) But I'm going to end it on this. Fuck you, most of you can't be monogamous, stop trying. Fuck you, polyamory is not about love, it's about group sex. Fuck you, swinging is about sex, not about saving your marriage. Fuck you, fuck buddies are for fun, stop avoiding commitment, because you're just being 12. Hookups, wear a condom. (laughs) Wear a condom, and just like with food, before you put anything in your mouth, take a look around. So nice. Oh, I do actually want to end it on a little thing because I really do think the last two episodes, this it kind of it's a cohesive unit. So everything, even in the sex magic episode, this does apply to sex magic. You change a few the words around, so you can sum everything up on value compatibility, sex magic, picking the relationship contract that works for you. I do want to end it with this. Are you special? What makes you special? What do you have to offer me? What rules do you wish me to abide by? Should I agree with them? What label must I take on in order to effectively describe this contract? Is my love worth giving? What's so special about my love? Why does this person deserve my love? 
and why do they continually deserve such a high pedestal? And what label must I take on in order to effectively describe this contract? Your deepest emotions are something inescapable. For better or worse, it is a non-argument. They're there. You have to deal with them. We are not a rational being, as Ms. Rand said. We are both an emotional being and a rational being. We ought to be rational in how we deal with our irrationality. But you have to ask yourself these kinds of questions and provide honest, honest answers. There is no judge except your own desires. If you're unhappy with your romantic contract, take a look in the mirror because you're the guilty one. And that is your punishment. So that's it for militant eroticism. My nice long rant. I think next time I'll cover about how your wife is built to be gangbanged. I think it will be titled Don't, uh, titled, Don't Be a Misogynist, Share Your Wife. <laughs> or maybe your wife is a slut. I'm, I, I, both of them sound pretty offensive, so maybe I'll call it both. I don't <laughs> so, oh, and thank you guys so much for your emails. I'm really enjoying them, especially when they turn me on. So keep sending me all this stuff. <laughs> I do love it. It just feeds my ego. So... <laughs> Until next time, keep your pants up, your skirts down, and it doesn't really matter who bends over because in the end, I'm right and you're d disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I do want to ask you a question if I can. Yeah. I, I, I took two notes that I, I thought were curious. Um, so you were mentioning about monogamy how, uh, you know, some people make this argument that because when they're in a relationship at a time – no matter the duration, it could be a night or it could be two days or whatever it is, that it, during that period of time, they're in a monogamous relationship. Um, but the reality of it is that they're not in a monogamous relationship because they're jumping around from partner to partner. It, it's sort of equating, yes. it, it's sort of equating um, the concept of monogamy with the concept of uh, poor relationship skills. Like, like you're not actually interested in a monogamous relationship after you pull out. So it's, it's sort of a question that I wanted to ask. I mean, in your opinion, what's the duration that equates a monogamous relationship? Oh, that's a trick question. Bastard. <laughs> and I only ask it because it was, you know, it was brought up in that context. I think monogamy can only be described in retrospect. Um, now, it's, it's semantics, and a lot of people point that out to me when I make these kind of claims in private conversations. That, yeah, it, it is semantics. What I, um, it's the point I'm trying to make when I say you can't claim to be monogamous and hop from relationship to relationship is you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, now, if you have a few failed relationships, like that's, you know, I was in a monogamous relationship for three years. It failed. The one before that well, it wasn't really monogamous, but it's, you know, if you have a few failed relationships, it happens. The average lifespan for a man is mid-70s. You're, you're, you're probably going to have a few failed relationships. And, I mean, come on, in your teenagers and your early 20s, I don't really consider those relationships. That's just slutting on a layaway plan. It's dating. <laughs> um, but, you know, to say you were married for 15 years and then it divorced. Okay, yeah, you were monogamous for 15 years. It's monogamy is a description of the sexual contract you have with someone. But claiming you are a monogamous person 
or that people should be or naturally are monogamous. That's stupid. That's what pisses me off. I do, I do like that because I think that's an important distinction because th- there's sort of two sides to this idea of monogamy. There's the I am a monogamous individual and then there's the I was in a monogamous relationship. So mm-hmm. I, I think they're very, very different concepts. Um, I've been in a monogamous relationship for over a decade um, and it's, it's challenging and, and no human being at its natural state is monogamous. It's, it's, a, it's an agreement you make with another individual and that's why you have things like fantasy and you have things like role play and you do things like compromise uh, with each other in order to maintain that because that's what you want to do with that person. But it's not easy and it, it it's not normal by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, just look at the numbers in our society right now. It's it's actually becoming more and more rare. So I thought that was yeah. interesting. Um, another thing I thought was interesting is you had brought up that, that people were saying that they wanted these different types of relationships um, because of love, because they couldn't control how how they loved or who they loved and they, they thought it was something that they should share around. And this is something that I think a lot of people are completely confused with or, or just deny the, the fact of. And maybe the majority of human beings don't understand what love is, like the concept of it, because it's often intertwined, as you mentioned, with sex. But love equating sex, in my opinion, is the exact same thing as love equating abuse. Because both of them force individuals to habitually fall into patterns of experience with other people. So if you were abused, whether it was from a father or a mother or a boyfriend, you find other people like that to continue that sick cycle within yourself. It's no more close to love than saying me having sex with someone equates to love. They, they're different completely different segmented concepts that I don't think are ever really taught that way in a society. But if you're ever to be truly honest with yourself or just able to recognize reality, you have to be able to disassociate those concepts of, of sex with love. Because if, if you tie sex to love, then you can tie anything else to love. And we live in this sort of social compact where we say words have meaning and we're allowed to use words because we all agree that they have this similar meaning. Well, if that's the case, then staying in an abusive relationship or bouncing from abusive relationship to abusive relationship does not mean that you're in love with these people. It means that you're following the sick cycle that's within yourself bouncing from relationship to relationship because you want to get your dick wet does not mean that you're in love with all of these people. It means that you're perpetuating a cycle of experience. It has nothing to do with love. And until we all can can come to terms and say, hey, it's really not about the love. I want to be with these other people because I enjoy an orgasm. Then we're just going to continue lying to ourselves. I mean, we have to be honest. That's what I love about your segment is it sort of pulls back that, that Wizard of Oz uh, curtain and allows people to see the <laughs> the poor sad old man called libido that's <laughs> hiding behind the curtain hey. trying to convince hey. you that he's the great <laughs> wizard sad old man 
Not you. My libido <laughs> is not a sad old man. It is. I didn't mean you. You uh, better give me a couple not. Years. Don't make me come over there and prove my man. That would be awesome. You fly into Utah just what? to prove that you're a man. I will rape yeah. you. <laughs> Adam, I'm kind of worried that you're that excited about it. Where, where's your wife? <laughs> Get her out of here. The house. <laughs> oh, oh, God it. damn it. I really, I'm tuning straight men left and right here. <laughs> <laughs> no, God great damn, segment. married men, great boys. It's terrible. Uh, I just wanted to expand on those little, little points that I thought were interesting as well. But as always, great job, man. Thank you. All right, and, and for the audience, that's going to do it for another show. I hope you enjoyed it. We we are going to end up going a little bit long this week, but I don't even know what that means anymore because the show is as long as we let it be. So uh, I don't know what we're going on. Um, except maybe, you know, uh, having a week with my That That might be going a little long. Um, anyway... Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. I don't know. Oh yeah. I gotta be honest. I've never even done that. Have you? Have you dropped a pill? Viagra? No. I don't need it. And that's the thing. Um, is like I, I know a lot of people who don't need it, but they use it because it. Well, and that's sort of I guess the definition of I don't need it is um, to get you off, or to continue getting them off, or to continue the experience, or whatever it means. But I know people who do it just because you know. Whenever you get um, aroused, whenever you get an erection, sometimes it's 100%, sometimes it's 60%. You've been drinking, maybe it's 50%. So whatever it is, you want to be, you know, rock hard every time. And so that's why they take it, which I think is interesting. Like, like Yeah, the, um, one, of my, one of my fuck buddies uses it because he can't stay up in a condom. And he's too big for my favorite condoms. Um, so he has to use magnums, which are, those things are fucking thick as shit. So... He'll pop a half of Viagra so he can stay up in the condom. Because um, my thing is, I don't care how many HIV test results you show me. That dick ain't going in raw. I just yeah. don't care. I don't trust. I just don't trust the test. So you're wearing a condom. Um, but yeah, a lot of people use it as a sex drug. Um, I don't because it fucks with your heart. There are other things you can do that don't uh, screw with your important organs. Yeah. Your, like there's less important organs, but <laughs> they're all important. It's an organ right. trade off. <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, there's other things you can do to stay up and whatnot. I, I tell people, if you can't stay up in a condom, learn how to masturbate in one. Like I taught myself how to jack off with lube because I was tired of chafing. Um, cause I could never come with lube or when I talked cause I was a dry jerker. So I just took the time, and I knew I wouldn't come. I knew I would plateau, but I took the time to practice. And I tell people, if you find it really hard to stay hard in a condom or to come with a condom on, uh, lay back and put on a condom and put some lube in it and learn how to jack off with the condom on so you're sliding your hand over the condom, not sliding the condom up and down. Yeah. And you'll... um. It'll take a little bit, but yeah. And then when you bear back, it will feel three times as good because you're used to coming with latex. Got him well, smart. Good tip. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Adam. That's a free one. Hell yeah. Putting that in the pocket. All right. Well, again, 
as with Adin just mentioned, he loves hearing from you. I would love hearing you uh, from you. Visit the website, 9centspodcast.com, and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Now, you can actually find Militant Eroticism on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. That's and, where I get the, the messages, so you can message me through there. Yeah, so if you want to reach out to Adin, let him know what a good job he's doing, or send a dirty uh, picture or whatever. <laughs> Do <Please>. it at... <laughs> Uh, you can send that to uh, the Militant Eroticism page on Facebook, uh, just as it sounds. Uh, or if you send it to me or any messages to me about the segment as you have in the past, I will forward it on to Adeen uh, respectfully. So let me know. Let us know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments you might have. You can visit the Satanet. Facebook, Google+, Twitter, or MySpace page for 9 Cents and get updated weekly topics. Download the show Monday nights via my RSS feed found at 9centspodcast.com. We're also on Last.fm, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube, so look for us there. You can subscribe to 9 Cents via iTunes by searching 9 Cents, and don't forget to leave a rating and or comment. And if you'd like to learn more about the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. Now listen, the only way that this podcast is going to continue to exist is if you share it with someone. Uh, share with your friends, with your family, however you do it, your coworkers. Share, tell one person this week about Nine Cents. Let's build this podcast together. And once again, thank you for joining me. And as always, I'm your host Adam Campbell, being joined by. Our <laughs> and until next week, hail Satan. Hail Satan.